This is the Hot Take Hockey Podcast with your hosts, Lucas and John Viveros. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hot Take Hockey Podcast, episode 34. We got a great, great guest for this one. So uh, Lucas, myself, John, the cousins bringing on Anna Dua. You probably see her through NHL, NHL Network, a lot of stuff with NHL Fantasy on Ice. She's also a fellow sport media grad. Anna, thank you so much for joining. How are you doing and what's going on lately? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It's been a minute, but episode 34, that's kind of like a good omen for me right oh, now yeah. on the Toronto Base podcast. So I like it. Good start, guys. There we yeah, go. Great start. Yeah. Austin for 34. Uh, yeah. Big goal for Austin last night. Well, Achari and Ryan O'Reilly, the new addition. So, I mean, we can start, Lucas. I, I feel like off air, we already shooting the shit on the Leafs Lightning series. So, Anna, for you, I know obviously you went to school in Toronto, you, you're from Toronto, and obviously now in the States quite a bit. Uh, what was your perspective going into the series? Because I would say in terms of crossover, Canada and U.S., like a lot of people have their eyes on this series. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the one we've known was going to happen for the longest time. I think every other series was coming down to the stretch, but everyone was kind of prepared for this Leafs-Toronto rematch for some time. So everyone had a while to formulate their opinions. You know, like the Leafs, I feel like we're just a wild card for me this season, the entire year, because... Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray, man, those are two goalies where we've seen them on Stanley Cup champion caliber teams and we've seen what's happened, right? Mm -hmm. And I always say like a good offense gets you to the postseason, but a good goalie is what wins you championships. That was my biggest concern for Toronto because they have so many star players, right? William Nylander's having a career year. He kind of brought that into the postseason. Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, they're bringing in Ryan O'Reilly, who's a Conn Smythe winner. The list goes on and on. But then... When the time comes to make those big stops, I'm like, sometimes Samsonov looks shaky and he's playing against Vasilevsky, who hasn't had the best year, but he can be lights out like in the flip of a switch. So it's kind of still up in the air for me. Toronto won that game, but it was like a gritty win for the Maple Leafs. It could have gone either way last night, but I think they're really happy to be up in this series for sure, because you don't want Tampa to get that momentum. Yeah, Lucas, yeah. we talked about it. I was going to say, I mean, throwing it to you, like we we talked about it, like obviously there was big boys for Toronto last night, but Tampa, especially in that second period, absolutely dominated. Absolutely, man. I feel like Anna hit it on the head. It was it was really question, you know, it was a question in my head is, can Samsonov deliver a game like this, you know, in the biggest stage? And and he really showed last night after a shaky start, especially that goal, um, it was the second goal of the game that he let in. I would say uh, even the second and third goal, Radish, like he, yeah. he bit heavy, like Samsonov bit heavy on Radish's goal. Yeah, and then just he was so solid in the third period in overtime. There were so many times I feel like I had to look away from the TV. I'm like, there it is. It's the game. Here it comes. Um, and he just stood tall. So awesome to see him do that. Um, and the Leafs obviously escape with one that they probably shouldn't have won, if we're all being completely honest there. Yeah. So, Anna, where do you see the seri- this series finishing out? Like, if you had to predict right now, there's still, you know, potentially four games left. Um, who do you give the slight edge to at this point? And I know, sorry, I was going to say, I I saw you're picking seven, but how are you feeling differently now? (laughs) Yeah, I had it going seven. I'm still happy about it going seven based off of what we've seen. It's been all over the place. We had two blowout wins and then we had like this super tight game that went down to the wire. So I think seven is still fair. For me, I feel like Toronto's so close. Like I have a gut feeling, like I want to see Toronto win, first of all. I always see like people on Twitter who are coming at me and they're just like, you're always talking crap about the Leafs. And I'm like, guys, I'm from Toronto. Like I want to see the city win a championship. But they're just like, there's one piece missing. It's just like one different piece could have taken this team from maybe making it out of the first round to being like Stanley Cup contenders for me in my eyes and comes back to the goaltending, just like one solid goalie. And we have so many good goalies in the NHL right now. Like there are good goalies all across the board, so much young goaltender talent too. And I feel like Toronto just got like the short end of the stick with the tandem that they have. So I gotta I gotta lean with Tampa just a little bit more right now too, just because of Vasilevsky, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point having their insane regular seasons. Victor Hedman coming back was huge, right? So if mm-hmm. Hedman's out for the series, then maybe the momentum shifts in Toronto's favor, but like he's a big part of, and this is a team that's made it to like three, like Stanley Cup finals. I feel like no one talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning. All eyes are on Boston. They're on Edmonton. Some are on Toronto. They're all over the place, but Tampa has been to the end like year after year, and you can't really discount a team that's done that so consistently. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I was also going to say, yeah, the point of like Vasilevsky letting some squeakers in and like not being his best self, like the fact that 
going both ways. Like Tampa wins that game. I mean, I think every Leaf fan is going, okay, Vazzy's not even playing well. Headman's ba- like banged up and debate what happened last night. Points banged up. Like Tampa's not even a hundred percent and it could have been a two, one Tampa series lead just like that. So I'm with you. Anna. like, Sure, Leafs are in a in a good spot, I guess, but like things could change so quickly. And I mean, that version of Samson off for the Leafs to have a chance in this series, like he's got to do that two more times, like mm-hmm. obviously. So, um, yeah, I I think Lucas, I think we have our our things back and forth with the Leaf Leafs Lightning series. But Anna, I would say looking at Boston up three one over Florida right now, and Carolina up three one over the Islanders, uh, unless we see crazy comebacks, I'll, I'll throw those two teams into the second round here for a second. What's like a matchup or two that? outside of this Leafs lightning series that you're really looking at and could be another game seven to, to look out for. Uh, for me, it's in the West right now. I feel like there was so much hype in the East. Like this year, there's so many competitive teams. And I feel like in the East, I live in New York right now, right? So the Rangers are like the talk of the town at the moment with all the big pieces that they brought over. The Devils had a great regular season. Everyone was excited about them heading into the postseason. Then you have Toronto, you have Tampa, you have Boston. Florida is always a team that you can't count out because they have some great pieces like Matthew Kachuk, who had an insane goal today, by the oh, way. Between that was a crazy goal and so we're talking all about the east but the west has surprised me more than any other i guess like conference there's only one other conference but it's been just so much fun to watch the dallas stars minnesota wild so that was an upset pick i had in round one i had minnesota beating the dallas stars and the minnesota wild they're playing some crazy hockey right now philip gustafson looks amazing in that he's like outperforming multiple stanley cup champion winner mark andre Fleury right now he had a great first game to set the tone in this wild star series and then the stars bounce back in game two I thought maybe it was just a lucky game one for the wild but then game three comes along and Minnesota's right back on top right up up there and they don't even have Eric Sinek right now so imagine he comes back into the lineup how that's going to make that team even stronger and then you go over to Winnipeg and Vegas that was a crazy game that I watched yesterday the double overtime game and Winnipeg had some costly mistakes in overtime that kind of led Vegas to winning but could have gone either way. And I think a lot of people had Vegas like coming out of this series pretty easily. I had Winnipeg winning this series largely because of Connor Hellebuck and it could still happen. So the West has been super fun to watch this first round. Yeah, I love that insight, Aaron. I feel like I wanted to circle back quickly because I know you're a huge Dawson Mercer fan. Yes, for Brad, like I hear you on the Fantasy on Ice podcast all the time, pumping the devil's tires. In, in terms of, and you're in New York, New York, obviously you said, in terms of that series, looking at that one, New Jersey, obviously, last night gets that lifeline. They get that win. They must They must have won that game. They had to have won that game or else they were down that in that 3-0 hole. How do you see um, game four going at MSG tomorrow night? I swear Jack Hughes performs better at MSG than he does like anywhere yeah. else. Yep. Whenever he's there, it's pretty much a guaranteed score for him. But the Devils really needed to win that game. I think it was important for them. I don't know if it necessarily really brings them back into the series because it's an overtime winner. Could have gone either way once again. And the first two games were blowout victories for the New York Rangers. And you just saw like holes all over the ice for the New Jersey Devils. And I kind of saw this coming at the Rangers in six. When you go into the postseason you have like a rangers team that made it to the eastern conference finals barely lost they had some solid performances they brought that entire squad back this year with the additions of patrick kane and vladimir tarasenko both of whom have won stanley cups and you're like the devils sure they're going to be competitive they had a great regular season they have a lot of young talented players but dawson mercer's never been in the playoffs before jack hughes hasn't been in the playoffs before and you're playing against a team that did well not only last postseason but has now all of these stanley cup champions on its team so the rangers look scary i think they make it out of the first round it seems like carolina is going to be making it out of the first round in that new york Islanders series and i love the hurricanes man that team has like adopted me this season in my first year in the nhl but I think it's going to be tough for them against the Rangers too. The Rangers looking like the best Metro team right now. Yeah, I was going to say, and I saw that video with the Hurricanes in the outdoor game. Like you're doing some big shit. I love it. Um, yeah, so the Hurricanes, I, to me, I've always said similar to the, like, well, the Devils, just like there's certain conversations of goaltending. And I and Carolina is that one team for me that I look at the roster and there's a lot of confidence there. Obviously, no Teravina now, like Svetch out and Patch ready. So it, it to me, I mean, We'll see what happens with Carolina. I, I am disappointed that a lot of people going into the playoffs were underestimating Shesterkin. I just think that just because of the season and looking at other goalies. Um, so if Shesterkin gets, like, if he goes for a long run here, I mean, Kreider's just going on tear right now. Like, I think the Rangers 
could be conference final bound, but um, yeah, I guess just for you going over like the big cup picks and obviously there was like controversies and, and stuff with like high sticks and last night in the lightning Leafs game. So maybe things that are changing different outcomes, but for like a team like Edmonton, maybe, or, or a team like uh, Tampa Bay, for example, like, do you feel like we're going to see some major upsets coming up? I mean, the Kraken, Lucas, we were talking about it off air. They've given the abs some runs here in the games. Uh, how do you see that going on? Like, do you see some upsets here in the first round or, or even second round maybe? I definitely see it with like the teams I mentioned, like maybe Minnesota, I feel like is the most likely to pull off the upset at the moment. I love what the Seattle Kraken have done. It's just fun yeah. to watch. I feel like this team has been underestimated the entire year, but like Jared McCann had the same amount of goals as Austin Matthews. Granted, he played a couple more games, but I feel like when would we ever think of him in that conversation being that high up on the goal scoring yeah. list? And there's so much depth all across this Kraken team. Their second power play unit every time it comes out onto the ice. I'm like, this is like a phenomenal set second unit like their special teams is just like rock solid unit one and unit two it's like a double threat that the Kraken have going over there and they're clearly giving Colorado a run for their money I don't think anyone thought that series would be close I think if there was one sweep a lot of people thought would come it was going to be Colorado against the Seattle yeah. Kraken but kudos for the Kraken for staying into it but I don't think an upset there Edmonton LA that one's tough I think we all knew this one would be close I think we knew it would go to like six or seven it was super close last year but I'm not too worried about the Oilers I have the winning the cup first of all so I kind of want them to make it past the first round but I mean all these games could have really gone either way for both of these teams I think Edmonton figures it out and gets it going like we haven't even seen like 20% of Connor McDavid's production capabilities so far for in this sure. series so he could turn it on and literally have like four goals in the very next game that they play so if that happens I think like it's pretty easy money for Edmonton I want them to get on the power play a little bit more just to get that historic power play going for the Oilers I think they still come out of the series but I could see it going to seven which is kind of scaring me but I think the Kings are really really fighting the stands one yeah i think the first round in general is just such an exciting time uh for all hockey fans and i think that oilers la series for me is one that i circled right when the playoffs started i was gonna you know grind out and stay up and watch those games every night here on the east coast um and it, it hasn't been disappointing i mean it's been awesome to watch i think edmonton's got to work a little harder to get some more power plays and hopefully they get a little bit more grace and, and get get on the power play a little bit more and and hold a lead um, <laughs> and they got a whole lead like yeah. at the end of the day that they're blowing leads uh in the games that they've lost so um you know you can give all this credit to Corpusalo, you can give all this credit to the way la plays and the depth scoring they get with you know obviously trevor moore in overtime the california born uh x leaf yeah. but but overall i think you know you look at the two teams and and the the top the top talent edmonton has they have a significant advantage there and uh, if McDavid and Dreisaitl play to the way they can in terms of the, the points they're able to produce, Edmonton is for sure the favorite. I picked LA in seven, but when I did that, it was a little bit of a hot take. And I, I did say that, uh, you know, whoever wins this series is sort of my favorite to come out of the West. I think both teams are so strong. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I would say the other, I mean, going back to the wild stars, I just feel like these matchups, I said this about like Toronto Tampa too. Like, I feel like, if the wild and I've talked to so many wild fans that like, I, I see similarities between Lee fans, Lucas is too like, like the trauma of like, okay. The confidence, like even last year, I feel like wild fans were like looking for a run. It just didn't happen. Uh, I do think between the Oilers Kings, I think if it keeps getting gritty like that, I think, I think it could go far. Um, Anna right now between uh, if you had to pick what matchup you want to see more Boston, Tampa or Boston, Toronto, which one do you want to see? I want to see Boston Toronto. I think that would be great playoff hockey, right? I really want to see it. Those are two fan bases that don't love each other. And that would be just phenomenal hockey for all of us to be watching. But I think Boston Tampa is going to be great too. Like those are two great teams. I like the Boston Bruins. I think they proved themselves today. The Florida Panthers are not an easy first round opponent too. So it's not like Boston's just cruising into the second round. This is a team that has a lot of great players on its yeah. roster. Boston still looking strong in this series, despite how having one shaky game. So the Bruins are still looking kind of scary guys. The president's trophy curse hasn't caught them yet in the first yeah, round. We'll see. Yeah. There's, they got to still catch another one, but it's looking good for Boston. I wish we saw the Kachuk Allmark fight today when Oliver <laughs> Allmark was just sniffing for something and he was outside that, that scrum and then Kachuk, man, did you guys see that Kachuk cross check on, uh, on Hathaway? That was brutal. I don't know if you guys saw it, but, 
Um, yep. Just going yep. down the stretch here. Um, I guess, Anna, are you, are, are you, anything else? Because I know you do a lot of fantasy stuff. Is there anything you're looking for, whether it's players to still wake up or, or a team uh, that maybe people haven't been talking about? Like, is there something that you've been kind of hammering home maybe on the network or just anything that you've been looking out for? Um, I, I think like we're kind of forgetting how little Kirill Kaprizov has done in the postseason. I feel like I'm talking about the Minnesota Wild this entire podcast. <laughs> no, we like love it. Kind of- I know. I feel like they kind of deserve it because Kaprizov has like a goal in the series, right? And I'm seeing like Hartman put up points night after night. Nyquist put up points. Matt Boldy put up seven shots in his first game of the series. Like the guy has 17 shots across the first three games in the postseason. So he's like an absolute stud and he's going to be a player to watch like heading forward for the next couple of years. He's one of the players, like young guys in this league that I'm most excited to see is Matt Boldy. So Kirill Kaprizov, he's just like not even there for the Minnesota wild yet and he's a talented elite winger in this league so i have to think like if he turns on his game they beat dallas how far are the wild going like for me i think if minnesota can make a statement in this first round it's between them and the winner of the edmonton la series to come out of the west and initially i felt kind of uncertain about choosing minnesota winning the first round i thought that was like a hot take that was like my big upset of like the playoffs for the network. I was like, this is my bold prediction, but it doesn't seem that bold right now, to be honest. No, I like, yeah. I like the bold predictions, especially with the wild. And I was going to say, I, I definitely like the boldy shout because just watching him so far in the playoffs, it's like, man, this kid's going to be electric, like younger than us, 22 years old. And he just ripped like 30 plus goals this season. So if you're looking for a guy, I mean, I, I've seen like a few of these guys, like Jason Robertson and like Tage Thompson. Like there's certain guys in the league right now that are just ripping like 30, then 40, then 50. I feel like Boldy's one of those guys, like by 25, don't be shocked if you get like a 40 to 50 goal season from him. Uh, yeah. So and I'm liking Jonah, the wild hot takes. I think he's in that next level of, in terms of contracts, like value contracts that we're going to yeah. see in the next generation. You know, we always talk about the Pasternak one, then the Nylander one, the Jack Hughes one now, obviously we're seeing that blossom. And I think this is going to be one, you know, Boldy just 100%. got locked up. So bang on guys. Um, as far as Minnesota goes, yeah, I just wanted to quickly say that obviously Kaprizov, he was lights out last year in the first round and and they lost. So the fact that they're ahead in the series right now, and I credit to you, like I'm pointing that out, they're ahead of the series right now. He hasn't really been the difference maker. If he's able to, you know, make that switch, I think Minnesota wins this series. And unfortunately I picked Dallas in seven. So I'm going to be looking uh, wrong on that one. Um, and I did want to say, Quickly, uh, as far as you had Edmonton winning the cup, who did you have coming out on the east side um, going into the playoffs? I'm just curious. I had Boston coming out at the east. Yep. So I had Edmonton making it to the Stanley Cup final since the preseason, guys. Just want wow. to throw that out there. So they weren't they weren't my pick to win. I had Carolina winning the cup, but I think I think Carolina could have won the cup this year had they not been dealt <laughs> yeah. worst injury loss you. ever possible in the NHL. That team is so talented, and what they're doing in the first round, I don't think could be understated either. This is the best coach team in the NHL, in my opinion. I think Rod should be really proud of taking all these guys and taking them to another level like Kokanemi after he left Montreal. I don't think a lot of people knew what was going to happen to him in Carolina and down the stretch. There were flashes of some like a really good hockey player coming out of Kokanemi and he's been taking his role and opportunity in Carolina and running with it and Seth Jarvis. All of these guys who aren't the big name guys are being coached so well. So the Hurricanes are doing so well in the first round without their big name guys right now. But I don't think that luck lasts playing against the Rangers or playing against teams like Boston, Tampa. The list goes on and on in the East. So I have Boston coming out now in the East and I think it's going to be Boston, Edmonton and seven with Edmonton coming out on top geez i like that cup pick early on because yeah my top four cup picks going into the season were colorado edmonton carolina rangers and even like yeah looking at carolina obviously the injuries but i thought yeah with you anna like i thought edmonton was a massive hot take as a cup pick because they were my cup pick preseason and i feel like i'm seeing everyone predict edmonton boston like final like i've seen so many predict that final and i think it's i mean if edmonton goes far i think that's realistic at this point um so Definitely no shocker there. I guess, yeah, the only other thing I was going to bring up was, I, I guess, just like looking at, so looking at the rangers Devil series, I, I wonder if that goes to seven, like, I feel like that could be, like, especially being like that rivalry and just how like, ro- like rowdy could get. I feel like that's the game seven I'm really riding for. I mean, Wild Stars game seven could be crazy. Leafs Lightning series. I mean, I, I don't, I, I really hope it doesn't get to that because I think we're all going to expect the same outcome. 
knock on wood, but um, yeah, that, that Rangers devils game seven. So uh, I'm still going to ride with the Rangers, Lucas. I know you're on devil's train and, and, and I know you've been hyping up the devils as well, but picking Rangers in six. So uh, yeah, Anna, I guess anything you got going on with NHL network or fantasy on ice or just anything that maybe the viewers uh, wouldn't know, or just something to hype up and yeah, just what do you got personally coming up? Oh my God, so much coming up right now. So like, I feel like everything's just so busy with the playoffs. We have a new show that's going to be coming out in the second round and then through the conference finals. So stay tuned for that whenever that happens. Um, Speaking of some of the guys we talked about on this podcast, we had like a regular season award show that aired on the NHL Network yesterday. It's up on YouTube right now if you guys want to catch it. But Connor McDavid came and chatted with me. Lena Solomark and Jeremy Swayman both came and talked to me a little bit about their regular seasons because McDavid obviously 153 points like ridiculous season so it was awesome getting to talk to him I asked him if he was going to hit 70 goals next year and he gave me a pretty good response so check it out on YouTube if you want to see what he says to that and obviously Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman guys hockey aside they're like my favorite duo in the NHL they really love each other and this Boston team is just so special they're so close I was sorry. Last thing, and on that moment, you said best duo. Who has been your best interaction so far in terms of player in the league? Oh my God, you can't ask me that. They're all great. They're all great. They're all great. Okay, okay. But I'm not going to answer that. But at All Star, like I got to go All Star. I got to go to Stadium Series. I got to go to like all the events we had this year. And every single guy has been just awesome. All the guys at All Star were great, but. I think like, it's just a good sport, right? Like they're all going to be nice to you. So it was really nice. But talking to McDavid has been like, it was crazy after the season he had. I will say like getting to talk to Sidney Crosby was kind of like a full circle moment. I feel like a Canadian kid, like that's the dream. So it was great to get to like, see him in real life, I guess, like speak to him and be like, oh my God, like Sidney Crosby's like right in front of me. I was professional when I talked to him. I went back to my hotel room in Florida. (laughs) ride for like five minutes <laughs> um, that was probably like the most surreal interaction i've had well there you go that's a good answer and yeah. i like that there like we go that. um yeah lucas anything else you want to add before no just wanted to say go? anna uh, congratulations on all on all the success the great start sure. you've had you know in, in the career and um you know we'll obviously stay in contact and and, and wishing you all the best to as the playoffs roll along and and into next season i know like it feels like the calendar just keeps on turning and we're in all of a sudden we're going to be at heritage classic next year and, and, and all-star in Toronto. So um, yeah, just, you know, keep, keep going, keep putting the pedal down. Yeah. Thanks guys. And that's what I'm really excited for all-star in Toronto next year. Oh, big time. Perfect. I've been hyping up everyone down in New York and being like, we're going to my city. <laughs> yeah. Let me plan the events. I've been like advocating <laughs> for FanFest to be in my hometown of Burlington, Ontario. They're not too high on that, but I'm working on it guys. <laughs> there you go yeah anna eat buzzing we really appreciate it. you're doing some great stuff and yeah we really appreciate you taking the time in, in a busy time of the year thanks guys huge shout out to anna for coming yeah, on yeah. legendary chat um yeah let's just shoot the show on leafs lightning yeah uh yeah as the series is going on here i'm probably gonna keep getting like more anxious more nervous last night man the i mean the highs of the highs like o'reilly like talk about like a playoff game that we never i know this is the storyline right now that like the Leafs never win those games. They just yeah, never do. Yeah, yeah. Um, even like, even when they're on the flip side of like Tampa. And I just feel like we've seen time and time again, where Le- the Leafs are exactly Tampa, like the game against Montreal, they would shot yeah. Montreal like 15 to two in that overtime and yeah. lose from a Kotkaniemi deflected shot up a goal. Like, John, I, I brought that one up last night while I was watching it with, with the group I was watching it with. I'm like, man, this just feels like that game. Um, And if the Leafs can really make this happen, like I, I'm just going to, feel like I watched the game in reverse yeah. because re- realistically we're going to call a space fade. Like they shouldn't have won that game. Like the whole no. overtime, I was waiting for the moment just to be like, put me out of this. Like I'm done. Like it's done. Like it should and, be two one Tampa. And I do so, want to just quickly say, because, yeah. and this, this can't be like, it can't even be overstated. It just, it's just so fact on like how the vibe of the game was going and like how Kucherov, Stammer, Hagel, all these guys were acting after obviously the rally play, whatever yeah. Luke Shen, was the Leafs savior in ways that have nothing to do with the back of the net. Like he was saviors in so many ways, his calm presence, like Lucas on stream. Yeah. The jersey in the background. I'm literally laughing at these Tampa guys thinking they're going to like, what was the conversation going at when you guys are acting like you're going to approach that bench with Luke Shen standing right there, standing right there in front of the Leafs bench. Just smiling, straight smile. It was a a three V one man. Any guy, any guy 
He's already crunched. Like, Jano is the only guy I can give a little respect in saying he actually had a freaking tilt with Shen. But that was after Shen got a freaking cut from the visor. Outside of that, Maroons got crushed by Shen. Every single guy on that team ain't having a time with Luke Shen. Just stop it. It's just not happening. And the fact, Lucas, before the Riley game winning goal, I mean, we can talk about how clutch O'Reilly was. Before the Morgan Riley game winning goal, it was Luke Shen from the point that spotted Riley cutting in and it almost deflected yeah, him. Yeah. Luke just Shen was shot. in yeah, in more ways than one, man. Luke Shen was a presence. And I mean, we could talk about it. I feel like Shen, Riley, and Hall throughout the season were like our biggest conversation points because Shen was the shiny new toy. Riley the hate online and the giveaways and all that stuff. And Justin Hall just being the Justin Hall conversation. Those three guys were the best defensemen on the ice. And I'll specifically say that uh, Justin Hall, if you play like this the rest of the first round, um, yeah, I mean, I have some things that I have to do if the Leafs lose in the first round, but if the Leafs win in the first round and Justin Hall continues to play like this, I will have so much more respect for the guy and the fact that he actually did it on a consistent basis. And I never asked for more from Justin Hall. All I wanted was exactly what we've seen from the guy, Lucas. Have some heart, yeah. block your shots, play your role, and don't overcomplicate things. Have the puck, get rid of the puck. Exactly what Luke Shen did last night. Yeah. Justin Hall and Luke Shen did that at their best. Obviously, Morgan Riley's always going to be that high-risk player because he makes plays as we've seen the last two games, so he'll have his mistakes. To me, Lucas, and I don't know how you feel about this, Justin Hall and Luke Shen can't afford those mistakes because they're never going to be that kind of role player. Yeah, uh, they're just going to be the guy that shuts things down, keeps it simple, blocks shots, and, and just makes things simple for the forwards. You're bang on. You're bang on, John. Like I, I don't even know what else, what else to really add to that point. I think that Justin Hall and Luke Shen, in a lot of ways, they have similar skill sets or lack thereof, uh, especially with their hands and their offensive abilities. Yeah. Um. So they got to play it simple. I mean, Shen has just he's mastered that this whole series. I feel like he's been yeah. that guy. Um, I think he, him and Riley as a pair really, you know, and people rip that well. pair, man. People yeah. rip that pair going in big time. Yeah, and they he they complement each other really well. I think Justin Hall, you know, you got to realize he's also playing with Giordano, who we we talked about off air. He's probably been the weakest defenseman of the series for the Leafs so far. Yeah, you know, parking Brody's worst Bro, game oh, as a Leaf last night. Aside. Worst game three from TJ Brody. I don't know what's uh, going on with the guy. Something's up. Something's yeah. up. That's what we're getting. But 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 quickly, I wanted to you know, quickly loop back to the fact there was a 3v1 with the Janot, Hagel, um, Janot, Hagel, and Maroon, you know, yapping at Luke Shen. I, I just want to say that Tanner Janot, like, with all due respect, buddy, like, you've been irrelevant this season. I mean, I'm just going to say <laughs> it how it is. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you know got what? six You're right. goals You're on right. the season. I mean, you got traded for a boatload of picks. You don't really do anything out there except hit. Um, you, didn't, you didn't win a cup with any of the guys you're, you're backing. I mean, who are you? Like, Luke Shen, like, he was he two won cups. two cups with Tampa. So, you know, he should probably calm down a bit. He had one shift last night where he was a freaking beast. I think he hit four yeah, or five just, guys. When the building, yeah, at yeah. the sec late second period, Lucas, 100%, because, like, yeah. the building was rocking. And I think Janot, I think it was Janot and Belmar, and, uh, like, they were just, it was, like, five hits and, like, slamming. Yeah, it was like five hits in like literally thirty seconds. Like I was like, "What am I watching right now?" Dude, I, um, I'm so I'm so happy. I, I'm yeah. so here for this. Like last night, really felt like the the, the turning point moment for me, um, mm. where this series or these two teams, this is now a rivalry. You know, yeah. the Riley hit last night. Um, I think that if you call that a dirty play, you don't really know what you're talking about. Quite frankly. Um, I mean, it's shoulder to shoulder all the way. Uh, they're going in two strong guys going into the corner to chase the puck and he loses an edge and, and it's two strong men pushing it's shoulder to shoulder. He, yeah. You know, point falls. It could have been, it could have been a disaster for, for the yeah. lighting, obviously. And I don't know. I was going to add to say that. And yeah. I, I'm saying this as professionally as possible and I'm not bashing anyone here, but maybe he took the, took it back or maybe he's going to hop on a radio show, but how Craig Simpson said that rally play was on the numbers is insane. Like I heard yeah. that on the broadcast and I'm sure as a broadcaster, I'm sure the perspective is like things happen fast and things can be said, but that also sparked a lot of conversation online, Lucas. And that's why broadcasters really have to be careful because how on earth can you watch that replay back and think it's anywhere close to the numbers? It's yeah. just silly. It's just no. stupid. It's not even close. And then towards the end of the game, Maroon hits McCabe freaking two feet off the boards, right on the numbers and yeah. nothing, bro. The last, yeah, I 
like the, yeah, the, 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 the whistles completely went away. We can acknowledge that, right? Like yeah. the whistles, I, I don't like focusing too much on referees. That's me. But the whistles definitely were just put in the back um, after that huge blow up. Um, I mean, there was even Ross Colton slashing the stick out of Samsonov's hands, you know, with about two minutes left. It was yeah. crazy. I like, seeing that. I'm like, when have I ever seen a player just bang, slash the stick of the goalie and not get caught? Like that was, that was pretty wild. But uh, yeah, obviously the whistles went away. Playoff hockey's different. People, people, I think most people understand that in terms of obviously in overtime, only egregious things are going to get called. And there was a few things that could have been called. Um, but Overall, this is the game for me that has created 100%. the rivalry with Toronto and Tampa. It is it is bleeding into the coaches now. Obviously, Sheldon Keith's comments last night, and then John Cooper today saying that he doesn't understand what he's talking about and manipulating the referees. These t- it's gonna it's bleeding in, man. Kyle Dubas in the stands with the with the fans in Tampa. Like this is wild, man. We're 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 in for yeah. one. We're in for one, and you know. If Tampa plays like they did last night, last night, um, they're going to win in Game Four. I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in that. Um, so Toronto's got to be prepared for because they're not going to, they're not going to be able to win a game like that again. I mean, every, it just went right for them. And O'Reilly, Mister X Factor with the big goal. Man, I'm, I'm too amped up. I'm not going to yeah. sleep again tonight, man. Yeah, the rivalry's been heating up. I also do think, and and Lucas, I think we've talked about it. You've given me the that. The advice of like ignoring people in the chat in terms of toxic, ignoring people on Twitter. Sometimes I just can't do it, bro. And I'm seeing some of these like bigger accounts, even from Tampa. And I'm like, I, I just makes me want to lose my mind. Like even like Dubis, God forbid the guy shows emotion when, um, again, confirmation from many people that are sitting around confirmation that people are throwing like, like threats, like throwing around yeah. freaking trash comments about him. Like there's literally a couple Leaf fans, fake ass Leaf fans in front of Dubis calling for his head mid game because they're down a goal. Like, are you freaking serious? Like, this is where I'm saying like the human element, obviously I rip into guys. I rip in a hall every day of the week. Um, I know I ain't calling for guys heads or I ain't calling for guys to like, so walk off. I don't know. I just, to me, that really bugged me for a guy like Dubis did everything. So like, to me, we saw the product of what Dubis did Lucas last night. I mean, Achari and O'Reilly scoring massive goals at O'Reilly like how many clutch moments do we see from Leaf players in terms of like tying the game with a minute left I mean that gave me Columbus vibes game four of Zach Hyman's tying goal I mean the comeback like that's huge uh obviously a completely different scenario because again that was Columbus at the time but this is freaking the Tampa Bay Lightning in Amelie Arena and you have Stanley Cup winning Conn Smythe winner Ryan O'Reilly tying the game with less than a minute to go um yeah, I just feel like all of that, and and again, there's just so many people going on with that rally thing, and yeah, to to cap off that conversation and not talk about it again. Yeah, I mean, people that say that, to me, if you want to call it a boring call because of the excessive nature, sure, call a two-minute penalty. But my thing is, if in any regard you have some serious, seriousness saying Riley should have got ejected, you should not turn on the channel for another hockey game in your life. You are completely out of your mind. Obviously, no uh, anyone in their right mind doesn't want Braden Point to get injured there. Uh, it's or, a or if, Sorry, I just want to jump in too and say, because I know Johnny's, you know, everyone that listens knows that Johnny's a big Morgan Riley fan. Like, I just want to jump in and say that if anyone thinks that Morgan Riley like, intentionally tried to injure Braden Point, oh. I'm not going to put ats out there. But, you know, if you think that, um just just you know look at riley's history there's like 15 there's like 15 guys on the leafs that would do that way more like like, morgan riley's never shown a nature of you know aggression trying to you know hurt other players in the league you know he's a well-respected player for yeah around the league big time and and the only time i've seen riley really get at it in in a serious way uh was when alex burrows like yeah seven years ago Freaking speared him, speared him in the nuts. So if you're going to talk about Riley being freaking malicious, get out of your, get your head out of your ass because literally, and I get at Leaf fans for this. I get at Leaf fans. If you only watch your team and don't pay attention to around the league, do not comment on players, natures or comment on players intentions, because again, you have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Like I said, the Riley play, I'm not going to go into it too much more end of discussion. But last night, Lucas, understandably. So, when Kucherov jumps on the guy and starts punching Riley at the side of the head, combined with 
Riley being completely defenseless, defenseless face to the ice and Stammers cross-checking him in the back. I mean, we're seriously saying there's intent to injure from Riley to point when we're witnessing a guy face first in the ice getting punched and cross-checked. Are we yeah. serious? Yeah. I, it's, I mean, look, it's stupid. It's not even a, that, it's a that, non-conversation. The whole, the whole, you know, outcry after the Riley hit, um, you know, a part of me is is happy that uh, Shelton Keith made the con- chose to make the comments. Very, very happy that that he did. Um, you know, and I actually don't know if he's been, you know, penalized for that at all or fined for that at all at this to this point. I don't think he has to this point. Yeah, I'm um, confused. I will say this, and again, yeah. the standards and whatever. I just feel like if you look at so obviously the so the NHL would have to handle certain things, player safety, handling the injury stuff. Um, if people want to talk about a certain bias towards Toronto, and I'm that's why I said, Lucas, look at Tampa, certain Tampa fans and Tampa fan accounts talking about, oh, because the league reviews in Toronto, that's why the Brandon Point goal didn't count. Folks, yeah. the last three tweets from NHL player safety are all disciplined against Toronto, are all disciplinary actions against Toronto. During the playoffs, we haven't seen another suspension outside of a guy from Toronto. And, and folks, to add to this, <laughs> to completely add to this, we just watched on national television Steven Stamkos just feed one of the stars of the league in the face, just standing there cleaning a stick. And nothing called. <laughs> nothing past a roughing and misconduct that Matthews got himself. So, if seriously, if you're talking about an agenda, like, Guys, the Leafs haven't won the Cup since 67. The Leafs haven't gotten out of the first round since 04. What are you seriously talking about? I think I think it's a it's one of those things, John. It's just a lazy excuse to, uh, you know, obviously the Leafs are, you know, the fan base that they have, the market value that they have, the history that they have. It's just a lazy it's just a lazy excuse to to try to go after the team and the fans and all that. So. I don't know if there's there's much more time to waste on that. Yeah, we're moving on. We're moving move, on. Moving on. Moving on to, to to game four. Just tee up game four really quick. Um, I don't really anticipate any line lineup changes. Um, I'd have for, one maybe, and for I, a hot for I, for either team. I don't anticipate them. For Toronto, though, I do see, you know, potentially like, you know, if if Keith was still a little more creative, maybe make a change on the back end. That's where I would go. But what about you, John? Yeah, my thing up front. So my hot takes actually up front, yeah. but um, it it depends. It depends on the feeling here. And I, my thing is, we just watched Tampa, and, and again, I don't want to say there's going to be. We're moving on from the conversation, but I don't want to say there's going to be targets on the backs of guys like Riley and and guys on certain things. But um, so the back end to me, it's tough because two of your right shot defensemen, Hall and Shen. Had, their best game as Leafs, probably, I would say. Um, Shen had an unbelievable game, probably one of the most valuable players of that game. And Hall probably had his best game as a Leaf, or at least up there for me. Yeah. So to me, Lilligren would be the next man up on defense. And at this point, I don't think you can put him in just based on that fact um, until Hall and Shen show. I mean, I don't think there's any scenario where Shen's ever going to get out of this lineup just because of the presence that he brings in terms of the physicality. Yeah. Um, but my hot take, Lucas, and again, it's hot take-ish because I actually think he played well in some moments last night in terms of the forecheck and just creating a couple plays. But I was saying last night, Simmer in for Kerfoot, just as a presence, just as a selective shift guy. Like literally talk to the guy and be like, hey, you are not doing anything other than a couple intimidation shifts. Literally what Tanner Janot, Lucas, what we watched from Tanner Janot last night, Simmons having like three or four of those shifts. Again, is it worth it? No, but if you're relying on Matthews, O'Reilly, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, all these guys to play heavy minutes as it is, I think you can cut one forward down in terms of, I mean, if if some of the fourth line or third line guys are only touching like 10, 11 minutes anyways, throw Simmer yeah. on for a total of four or five minutes in the game. Because again, what we saw in that scrum, Lucas, if, there, if there's one thing we learned from that scrum, is Tampa has those guys throughout the lineup that can toss them at any minute. That can absolutely just toss the gloves and just rip that bullshit any minute and have shifts like Tanner Janot, Belmar, Maroon had and Perry had. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. My there's a very, I would say there's a very small uh, bit of room here because we don't want Simmons doing what he did last year and taking stupid penalties. We just don't want that. 
So that's my hot take. I really don't think it's going to happen because Kerfoot's currently on the top six and you're not changing that third line. So Yeah, I, I think that third line did get caved in a little bit, though, throughout the game. I mean, there wasn't many players that had great games overall on the Leafs side of things. Yeah. Matthew Nyes had a great game, in yeah. my opinion. I think and Nyes, and, and, sorry, adding to that, yeah, I'm saying not just yeah. the third line, but Nyes did find himself with Tavares and Nylander in overtime a couple times. Yeah, yeah, and Matthew Zemurner. And Matthew Zemurner. So, so <laughs> when Nyes, O'Reilly, and Achari played together last in that game, in game three, they weren't very effective, and that line just got caved in a lot in their own end. Yeah. So they started – Keith was just rolling different things in third period and overtime. Um, but to loop around back to your point, um, I think now that you've injected Nyes in the lineup and he's shown the offensive capability that he has, which is is, is bonkers. He's only played five games now in the NHL. Yeah. Um, I think that you could have, you know, and I, I've always not been the biggest Simmons fan at, th- at this point in his career in terms of everything else he brings. I think he's very, very, you know, he doesn't offer a lot no. outside of that role, like you said. But you might have to with the, the stakes that are going into this game and, and you know, the response Tampa might give uh, right out of the gate with their physicality, you might have to have that. I mean, that's that's not a bad shout, man. Like, I actually do like that shout because yeah. Kerfoot, you know, in a game like that, Kerfoot, he, is, he doesn't really do much other than the, the penalty kill he does help. But, I mean, it either, for me, it'd either be him if Simmons is coming in or this is the first time I'm going to say this, Lafferty. I think Lafferty... Didn't look great last night. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and and I've always been pretty high on him because of the speed that he offers, obviously. But he did not have a good game. Uh, the fourth line was just a non-factor for the Leafs last night. Tamp had yeah. some decent shifts here and there. but So I think it would be Lafferty or Kerfoot coming out if you were to make that change. For me, when I was saying the back end, it would be because Mark Giordano has, has tremendously struggled in the series. keeping up. I just don't see him coming out, man. I just don't see it. Yeah, and, and it's almost a conversation of, you know, I'm not predicting what Sheldon Keith's going to do, uh, but I think there might be a time in this series where you might have to make a call. Like, man, if he keeps getting beat the way he does, um, do we have to make a change there? I mean, Gustafson obviously is a completely different defenseman, and he's not great in his own end, so that might open its own can of worms if you were to swap them. Um, but even bringing in Lilligren for him could work, and but you'd have to slide Brody over to the left side. Um, that could be an option. Um, yeah. Brody and McCabe didn't have a great game. McCabe is also yeah. So I mean, this, this you know what, game. Lucas? That's a good shout too yeah. because, again, I think Gio's a guy that really prides himself on like consistency in those minutes and being yeah. a relied on factor. So like, and it it might be seen as a disrespect, but yeah, that would be the only other change I'd make too. Is if you wanted to put Lily in again, you got the win, but it's like if you wanted to because McCabe and Brody had such a rough game, you're not moving Riley and Shen at this point. Hull had a good game. If you wanted to try McCabe and Hall again, again, it's really risky. And then if it doesn't work, you you can always change it mid-game. But it's like, if you wanted to run McCabe, Hall, and honestly, Brody and Lilligren in the past have looked all right. My mm-hmm. thing is, is if Brody can just simplify his game, I mean, maybe playing with more of a puck mover and, and skater in Lilligren could help him. Mm-hmm. Um, just simplify that. Because I feel like Brody in certain plays last night was like overcompensating. Like he had a simple, simple like outlet pass. And this guy's like trying to go for like, the freaking distance pass through the neutral zone. It's like, guy, yeah. like, just make the simple, simple play. You're not play. playing well. You're not playing well. So make the freaking simple play. Why? And that's why, again, Hall had a great game. So, but this yeah. is a conversation I usually have about Hall. But Lucas, that's why I sent that tweet out to me based on, based on how I was making comments about Brody. And I can't believe we're living in a world where this happened. But it's seriously thought to, like, in my perspective, that Brody and Hall switched bodies. Because everything I've been saying about Hall all year and past playoffs. The Freaky Friday effect. Yeah, Freaky Friday effect, bro. I was saying the same shit about Brody. I was like, why are you holding onto the puck, man? You were having a shit game. Why are you holding onto the puck? Make the simple play. Why are you skating with the puck? Why are you pinching? Why are you, like... I th- John, I think it. this is going to be crazy to say because TJ Brody in his time with the Leafs has been known as the guy. You put him with anybody, he settles that guy down. Exactly. And, and he leads that pair to settle the guy down and, and allow them to you know play to their strengths. He does not look co- uh, confident and comfortable playing with Jake McCabe. Um, and, and, like, he just doesn't. Um, he didn't last night. And Jake McCabe is one of those players where it's just he's, – he sometimes is a little high risk with some of the stuff he does. You're and, like, bro, and he's hard to like, read, man. I know yeah, we he, talked about that. I don't know what he's going to do. When Riley yeah. and McCabe were playing together, it was the same thing. And even when McCabe and Hall were playing together, like, I just – he's a hard – it seems like he's, he's a hard player to play with. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. And again, he brings a great presence. Don't get me wrong. I actually like individual plays McCabe makes, whether it's yeah. like a little move through the neutral zone or like he has hands and abilities, right? And yeah, has that yeah. physical ability. 
I actually like individual skill sets from McCabe, but as a defense partner, he seems so hard to read, bro. Like I watched yeah. some shifts. It's like, where are you headed, man? Like you are on the left side. Why are you headed for the right side for a hit? Like but he's not, he's I, not easy to play with, which is no. he's definitely messing up Brody's rhythm. I feel like Brody is, which is just wild to me because I haven't, I've never seen that um, with any defenseman Brody's been paired with. I know lots of his leaf tender. He's obviously been with Riley, but um, TJ Brody, you know, I, I always say, you know, is it's a top three, if not number one, in terms of Kyle Dubas's best move that he's ever made for the Leafs was signing TJ Brody. Yeah. And I, I don't think it ever gets talked about enough. Um, but yeah, for the Leafs to win the series, TJ Brody's got to be the guy that we know him as. He cannot be the guy we saw last night, or the Leafs are going to find themselves losing probably three more games. Well, Lucas, uh, isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic and funny? And we talked about it too, but I, I always had, because again, I have the Riley goggles on, so I'm always going to hype up my guy. But yeah. like, I was trying to be reasonable and going into the series and saying, the whole reason why you have Brody and McCabe is to try to give Riley and Shed the easier matchups. But what's happened here is completely flipped. Riley and Shed were getting like tough matchups last night while Brody and McCabe were just absolutely struggling. And I'm like, what are we watching right now? Luke Shed's the best defenseman on the ice. Yeah. Like well, it's crazy. Cooper was definitely targeting that, obviously, with Tim being at home. They were like, let's go after Riley and Shed. And they just were bending but not breaking, really. Right. I mean, oh, other my than God. the first goal. I'm hyping up my guy, but Riley had two huge blocks there. I think in, in the slot, I think, I don't know if you saw, but it was like one in the back and one yeah. in the freaking leg. And I'm like, Mo, you're usually not this guy, but the, the passion's here, man. The guy's playing with Luke Shen and he's soaking some. Shen had the passion last night, man. Oh my God. Two fifth overall picks, buddy. Two fifth overall picks. Oh baby. It's not hard. Man. It's like, our, Lucas, it's like our childhood freaking like meeting in one here because to me, like you're an OG Shen guy, like you're OG Shen guy. And this is where people don't like get this. And I actually posted something to like, make people realize like how I am as a fan. Like my biggest pride in being a fan and being a fan of the Leafs, Lucas, and I think you're the same is loyalty, like loyalty yeah. on the players you cheer for loyalty on the team teams you cheer for. I've been a rally guy since like day one, day one drafted like there were certain things that just tethered whether it was like his dad's reaction reaction to the draft i've talked about this so many times on the podcast. it just all hit yeah it just, yeah, all, it just hit. all hit and then obviously for me i was already a fan 2017 it went from this to this when i met him right like yeah yeah, yeah. so um we actually but, have very similar stories then we actually yeah. have very similar parallels on that yeah so I, my, I, I i met shen i met shen when i was i guess i would have been 11 years old when he in 08 when he was yeah. you know at his first week and I, and I met him downtown with my parents and and that went from, like you said, everything hit from draft, the way he played, everything. And then when I met him, it was like, boom, this is the guy. I bought the jersey that day. Yeah. Like, yeah. But back yeah. to you. Sorry, man. No, no, yeah. no. You're good, yeah. man. I love yeah. that. And I was yeah. going to say, yeah, like to me, yeah, I didn't meet Morgan until I guess I was 17. But uh, my thing was also that when he got drafted, like I was still, yeah, I was still super young. Like I was in my early teenage years. And I mean, I grew up on Cabriolet. And it's so funny because I mean, you just have those like full out, like, I don't know, like to me, my heart, bro, I don't want to, I don't want to get too deep on the pod, but when they were pulling up that graphic of like Riley scoring the first goal as a D man for the Leafs in the playoffs, like OT game winner in 20 years, I'm like, I, I actually already knew this, but like seeing the graphic of Riley and Caverlay there side 20 years side. apart, bro, I was like, there's no way this is happening in front of my eyes right now. I had to like check myself with my sister and girl, like so many times last night. I was like, is this real life? Like, is yeah. this real life right now? And I was even talking to my dad about the Caverly goal, a double OT against Philly back in 03. And yeah. I mean, Riley 20 years later, freaking unreal. So I don't know if you saw my tweet. I posted my Caverly. I did. I did. Next I to my did. rally jersey. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, so that was a cool moment for sure. Dude. Oh my God. It's just the nostalgia plays, plays dirty on you. And yeah, it makes, it really makes you think that like fate and destiny and all this stuff, man. But we just got to let the games ride out, see what happens. And, um, you know, last night was probably one of the, the first games I can remember since, you know, since game seven, I guess last year that, uh, you know, I was really living and dying on every play, like to the point where I, you know, you know how it works, John, the adrenaline and the sweat and the, you can't look at the TV and, you know, it's just, man, that overtime for me was just a roller coaster, and I, I wanted it to end so bad, but when you're living through it, you just want it to end. I know. Um, and then when you look back, it's like, when they win, you're like, man, what a night, dude. Like what an experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to get man. too deep on the pod again. No, honestly, you know. we're getting deep, but I was yeah. going to say too, 
I think there's only been like three or four leaf goals where I like, I, when I say blackout, I'm not even saying like it has like a, you like blacked just, out last night. I, no, like I actually, bro, I, I look back at my reaction <laughs> and there's a couple times where I'm shaking my head. Like I was like, I was trying to shake out of it. Cause I was like, I don't even know what I was watching, bro. Like I completely <laughs> blacked out. I felt like lightheaded. Like, I don't even know what I was watching so many Leaf fans and someone actually threw a comment on, on my reaction video and said, if you see my reaction and like, I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I looked like that. I look psycho and I look like in shock, but like, there's a point where I, after I react, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I was sitting still watching the TV, but if watching it back, I actually look, Lucas, I look like a person that saw a ghost. And and I'm saying that because I mean, well, it is, it's how I looked and I didn't realize it's how I looked us as Leafs fans, man. We are so like, it's ingrained, bro. It's like, it's like some serious trauma shit to just know disappointment oh, yeah. and loss. Like oh, seriously, yeah. man. And the going back <laughs> to how we started this podcast chat, the Leafs never win those games. And to me, the same way Montreal, uh, Montreal game six, Montreal game five, yeah. Tampa Bay game six last year, you're just waiting for the Tampa goal. Yeah, yeah. You're just it's so sad, time. man. It's so sad. You, you have a catalog in your head of all the times. It's 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 not gone the way. Uh, there's it, you can't put a number on it. It's just so many times. But what's crazy is like I've been I've been using this new saying the last I'd say two years in terms of how we are as Leafs fans. Um, you know, it's like it's like you know individuals that have been through uh, not a great relationship with a, with a poor partner. You know, and, and you weren't treated properly. Yeah. Luckily, me, I haven't I haven't been in that that situation. But what I will say is the Leafs are that to me, right? Like it's like. <laughs> I, I've been let down so many times and treated poorly so many times through my loyalty that I'm so damaged. Like every really time these moments happen, <laughs> I can only think negatively. I, I try to go positive for like a few minutes and then I'm like, no, like stop, don't go there. Cause you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. Um. So when these moments happen where it goes the way, it's like, it's like a relief. It's like, holy, like it actually went our way. Um, yeah. And I was also going to say, crazy. going to that, going to that uh, relationship yeah. reference and yeah. using that as an analogy here, it's yeah. so true too, because think about for you and I, Lucas, I, I feel like we're in the same boat. I, I feel like I'm a little bit more aggressive. I'll say I'll own my shit and just say that I've said some stuff. I not I regret, but like, there's some stuff I said that was just out of pure emotion. It's yeah. like a relationship, man. When like so many times going through these fights and fr freaking these first round exits, it's just like, Fire Sheldon Keith. Get Justin Hall out of here. I mean, yeah. that's been warranted at times sometimes. Trade Mitch Marner, trade William Nylander. I mean, I go back to the Columbus series, man. When they lost, I'll own my shit. I was saying, one of Nylander and Marner got to go. Like, I was yeah. saying that. Me too. Me too. But I think most people that are, you know, diehard Leaf fans that are, you know, educated on, on, on all the games they played throughout that stretch, like, I, I don't think that's a shameful take at that time, right? Like, people are allowed to change their opinions over time based on the evidence that shows. I mean, yeah. at that time, man, that I was in the same boat. Like I, I thought this formula could work. This formula still might not work. I mean, we don't know yet. Yeah. We don't know. Right. But, but like, yeah, I mean, Kyle Dubas has bet his job on it. Right. At least with the Leafs, he's bet his, he's bet his job on it. So. Yeah. And honestly, man, I'll say this. I think this is the year where like maybe those conversations, if they don't do it, are like a lot more valid than they've ever been in terms of like moving a star player. Because yeah. right now, I'm sorry, the only people I possibly could blame is one of those big boys or Sheldon Keith if he just if he just coaches, like if he just doesn't coach well. Like at the yeah. end of the day, Kyle Dubas has done everything he can. Like we know yeah, slight, slight asterisks, slight asterisks on goaltending. Yeah, like goal the only yes. But again, just, what were yeah, the options? Yeah. What were the options? Right. So well, so, but you know what? I will say like. But that's his like that's your job. Like no, I, I get that. He could have he could have given up the assets. He could have traded. Or, yeah, like, he could have. He could have done something else. He he bet on you know the Murray one was a swing and a miss at this point. Like that I've written it off as a swing and a miss. Um, but other than that, he has built it every which way. I think you know fans would want it, and 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 Keep would want it. Yeah, it really depends what Samson up does. But I yeah yeah I agree with you. I, I think yeah, there's an asterisk there. I yeah. mean, we also nitpick saying he could acquire another top six forward. Just sorry, last point, and then yeah. I want to finish yeah. off by just saying what we think could happen here the rest of the way based on the games yeah. we've seen. Yeah, is it just me or has Cali Yarncrow just been a non-factor? Like, have you noticed? Like, he's on the top line with Matthews and Marner. Like, have you noticed him doing much? I think he does so much, John. That's like so, you know, little and 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 incremental that like adds to the you know 
we're, we're going to see that payoff to me. I, I, I think hope we a, see that payoff. As a four but... checker and and stuff, like if, if, if you get him the puck in the right spots, he can shoot too. Like I know. I know. You know, to, to this point, I will agree. Like he's been a little underwhelming, but like, you know, like a lot of fans have said, I like him better there on that first. Oh, line. I agree. I would change. When, it. Then when Bunting comes it. back, and, and I think it's going to pay off. But yeah, maybe to this point, you know, I would have liked to see a little bit more from him. Sure. I, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. and I hate going dark here. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to because to me, sometimes I just ignore ignore the reality of things and then the Leafs lose anyway. So I'm just going to say what, what some people are thinking. Lucas, if Tampa wins the next two games, does Bunting go in for game six? So this is the popular question right now in terms of just Bunting come in, right? Yeah. Um, so I mean, Bunting, again, Bunting has one more game, right? I'm sorry. I don't think Bunting comes in for game five. I don't I, think so, regardless. I don't think so. I, I think if they get steamrolled, you know, steamrolled like they did in game one tomorrow night, I think, you know, all bets are off. He could come in. That, yeah, and if Lafferty, yeah, if Lafferty has yeah. a garbage game too, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's tough, man. I think that it's the forward is a log jam right now. Like Matthew Nyes is not coming out. We've established that. No. There's no chance he comes out. So you're down to either Aston Reese, Lafferty, or what? Kerfoot, maybe. Kerfoot, maybe. But to me, to Kerf- me Sheldon I, Keefe loves Kerfoot. Keefe, Keefe loves Kerfoot. Kerfoot. I, he I, loves I, him. I would have Kerfoot in that conversation, but we know Sheldon Keefe ain't going to do that. So it's Austin Reese or it's Lafferty. That's it. Those are the, uh, the list ends there for who Bunty's going to bump out. Um, well, I will so, say, man, if there's a scenario, yeah, what you just said. Yeah. If my hot, I, I shouldn't say there's no scenario for him not to go in game. Yeah, to, for him not to go in game five because. As you just said, if there's a scenario where Tampa physically beats up on Toronto in game four, combined with smoking them on the scoreboard, I think there's a realistic scenario you throw Bunting and Simmons on a fourth line with Camp. Like that would be my yeah. hot take. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, because at the end of the day, Bunting hasn't shown at all that he can he can be effective up there right now. And this, I mean, again, it was one game, but he wasn't showing effectiveness at all. And yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe okay, I'll play devil's advocate. Maybe because maybe just because under more control, maybe we do see Matt Nyes Lucas go to that top six, go next to Tavares and Nylander, and maybe you put Bunting with O'Reilly and Achari. That's a shit disturber line that we brought up with Corwin. Remember? Yeah, yeah, that would be a tough line. I I am just very very cautious on my expectations at this point for Michael yeah, Bunting. I, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm quite frankly I'm scared um, of putting him in the lineup yeah. and him just doing something dumb. Um, and most Leaf fans, Lucas, at this point, I, we're playing devil's advocate. Most Leaf fans would say, don't let him touch the series at all, regardless of what happens in the next couple of games. Yeah, I'm just going off what he's shown me. I'm not judging him in any way. I'm just yeah. like, I'm going off what his body of work has been the yeah, last yeah. little bit. He has been told many times by Keith, obviously, to keep it chill. Directly he, from the league. He's been told yeah, to stop. And the, yeah, and he doesn't. So that freaks me out. But there's no doubt this guy can be such an important piece. And he can score such a big goal, like, you know, and, and the guys love him. Um, I hope he gets in there. I really do. But if I had to hedge my bets right now on him getting into game five, I'd put it at, you know, about 30%. I think that that's high. Yeah, I think even that's generous. That. I, think I think that's, that's generous. generous. That's my high. That's my high. Yeah, I was going to say my thing if is. They win, if they win game four, I think there's zero chance. I don't oh, know yeah. why you No, zero percentage. Zero, yeah, yeah. bro. Zero percentage if they if if they have the chance to win game five, zero percentage he goes in. I mean, it's it's one of those things, Lucas. You just do not overthink it. Bunting was yeah. in the lineup for the game you lost. Bunting has been out of the lineup for the games you win. You yep. do not go back That's to it. him in game five if you win game four. But as I said, my hot take scenario would be yes. If you get blown out physically and on the scoreboard in game four, Bunting maybe goes in to the bottom six. He does not touch that top six. He just doesn't. Yeah. No chance. I, I he doesn't. I don't think he can't touch the. I mean, Yarn Crow, if he, especially if he grabs his spot up there, it's over for it's over for Bunting's top six. Uh, and yeah, and then Nyes and Kerfoot are in that second line if that's the case. But uh, man, yeah, Nyes, bro, especially that couple plays even in overtime. It's like, bro, this guy is in the Stanley Cup playoffs against a team that's been in the final for three years in a row, two cups, and Matt Nyes is like pulling freaking toe drag moves 
around like around top tier defensemen. Like, are you kidding me? He's showing unbelievable confidence. In some of the he even said in the interview, he's like, bro, I didn't even know I had this much maturity or confidence. Like he oh. said it. He, he doesn't even realize, Dude, bro. He the way he's skating too, like I'll be honest with you, that was the thing that I thought was gonna hold his game back to start. Like that his skating isn't that great. And you yeah. see moments where you're like, okay, his skating isn't isn't, you know, he's not a great skater at the NHL yeah. level. Um, but he's he's able to make up that that difference, I think, with the size, the strides that he takes. Uh, and just the work ethic he's showing right now, even even defensively, you know, there's there's a few plays that come up where it's like, okay, that's a 20 year old type of play, like in terms of the experience or lack thereof. He's only played five games at the NHL level, but um, man, I, I can't believe how good he's been so far. Oh, I mean, it's been insane. He, and he's I mean, man, knocked out of the park. I was gonna say if they keep O'Reilly, if they can re like I, I we're in the playoff run right now, so I'm not trying to talk a lot, but but I just want to say in, even long term, Lucas if they can't pull it off this year. And I hate being the guy that, that says this because now is the time. Like there's no excuses. Now is the time. Now is the time. But going long term, yeah. holy shit, bro. If they can bring back O'Reilly and have knives on that left wing, like the Leafs are going to have the best top nine in the league. Like they will, yeah. man. If they can yes. bring back O'Reilly and have knives on that left wing, unbelievable going forward, man. Unbelievable. And obviously, I don't want to look ahead. No, I don't want to look ahead. But what I'm saying is obviously... <laughs> The time is now because as I'm saying that, look at the contracts that are coming up. Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Tavares. Like now is the freaking time. Tavares has gotten a Hattie. Matthews has arrived in the series with his scoring. I just think Austin needed that freaking monkey off the back, seeing all the guys, other guys scoring. I mean, the, again, it, the fact that it was only three games. I mean, Stammer, how Stammer many goals? scored yet. He how many scored. goals? How Again, I want to be very careful because watch Stammer's going to score in game four now. Yeah. Lucas. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> Stammer's um, going to score in game four now. But my point in saying that is we have these expectations with Austin Matthews, where if he doesn't score every second game, what is wrong with you? Right. So yeah. that's my point in saying that Stammer, Hey, Stammer will score in game four now, folks. There you go. But my point is Steven Stamkos, a guy that we've seen 50 goals from, and we've seen crazy uh, 60 goals. We've seen like 60. We've seen no goals from him so far. And again, that's probably going to change here any game now from Stammer. He's probably going to score at some point here. But that's always the conversation we have with Austin Matthews because he's just that guy. And it, honestly, all the guys, I'm, I'm happy. All the guys that scored last night, Achari get, and O'Reilly, so the third line production, combined with Matthews getting his first and then Morgan getting his first. I mean, call it a core six, Lucas. I saw that tweet from that, from that person last night. Core six, sorry, I didn't shut you out. If Morgan keeps playing like this and, and O'Reilly keeps playing his clutch factor, I mean, the Leafs got six freaking scary weapons that every team is scared to play against. And it's going to be a core seven because you're going to add Matthew Nice to that. Let's go. Let's freaking go. But yeah, offensively, man, that's so scary. And, and I'm not saying what you want about us being Leaf fan perspectives. Uh, that's a, uh, I mean, there's a few other teams. Like I'll, I'll give the Rangers right now. Like they have six, seven guys that are deadly right now. Uh, obviously the Oilers up front have six or seven guys, a few guys that haven't woken up yet. And uh, there's a few other teams, but uh, McDavid just got two goals last game. I think McDavid and Drysdale are going to be so angry past that game that look out. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Look out. Uh, yeah. So just on that topic, we're transitioning out of the Leafs. What series matter are you feeling outside? I Obviously we had our opinions on maybe the, I think you said Canes in seven. I said Islanders in seven. Um, so yeah. that series is looking not lops eh, lopsided kind of um what series has kind of surprised you though like what do we see something that you didn't expect like you i'm thinking what? the only thing if we talked about it with anna quite a bit yeah i i gotta wait and see so as we're as we're recording guys i might stream i haven't decided yet second intermission stars are up one nothing we'll see what happens in that game uh stars wild i thought the stars were going to take good control of that series but i think that series is going to seven yeah, I had stars and seven on that one, so I, I wouldn't say that one. But I, you know what? I will say Carolina and the Islanders because I had Carolina in seven, and I, I at the time thought I was a little scared about that one. I remember when we did our previews. Yeah, I was, I was, I, I picked Carolina in seven, but I was so you know back and forth in terms of you know this is a this is a coin flip to me. Yeah, and Carolina's really established uh, themselves as the dominant team in the series so far. So that one really shocks me because you know this could be done in five and likely the numbers show you it will be done in five with the fact Carolina's won eight straight at home in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so that one is shocking, especially with Sorokin, right? I mean, that's 
the whole Islanders bread and butter is we thought they would be able to steal some games from Sorokin, but they just don't score enough goals and help them out uh, in the D zone. So I'd say that's probably my, my most shocking Edmonton in LA. Um, I'm happy to see LA's up to one because I have LA winning the series, but there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, if you watch all, all game footage from the full series right now, the team that's uh, losing the series probably deserves to be winning the series. Uh, Edmonton's carried the play. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I anticipate that one to flip yeah. uh, pretty quickly. Uh, if LA can make it three, one here tonight, as of this recording, you know, I still wouldn't write the Oilers off, but yeah, I wouldn't down through. But, but, I, I was also going to, yeah, but dude, it's, it's, it's getting scary. The fact that LA stealing these games, LA's got to steal at least one more, like completely steal the game to, to win the series though. Yeah. I was also going to yeah. add that. Um, I forget where I saw it though. Um, LA's only had like a lead for like under 10 minutes in all like in, yeah. total in the three games like that that right there again I'm not I'm not gonna lo- allow that to be the only stat I look at but 10 minutes bro 10 freaking minutes so the Kings have just hung around they, they've just been a little bit of like just shit disturbers can't can't get rid of them vibe Corpus has been unreal Corpus has yeah. been unreal so for me I think I don't want to say the Kings should be scared but like to me, your best case scenario has already happened. And if the Oilers offense can just freaking get their heads out of their behinds, like Corpus is going to have to literally play like Leafs Blue Jackets series level, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, what, <laughs> that's what he's going to have to do, man. Um, yeah. We'll see how that one goes. But I love, I, I love that series just for the entertainment, man, because you get to watch 100%. McDavid dry cycle and, I just hate that it's late for us East Coasters. Eh? Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough stay up. Nine o'clock tonight, though. So we still, I might do some streaming yeah. coverage. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Good chats. Anna, huge shout out to her. Go follow her on Twitter. Anna Dua, NHL, NHL Network, NHL Fantasy on Ice. Lucas, any last quick hits or quick hit on the way out? Man, I, I'm going to say that the Devils... They're gonna You're win so at MSG. They're wow. gonna win at MSG game four. That's my little hot take. I this is gonna age poorly, isn't it? You still we'll riding see. the devils. All we'll right, guys. Let Ride us or know. die. Let us know what's worse. Lucas still riding the devils, or us saying Stammer hasn't scored yet. He's gonna score in game four. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Follow the hot take hockey podcast. Rate the best. Give us the best reviews, stars, all that good stuff. Spotify and Apple, hot take hockey podcast. Make sure you follow Lucas, NHL Lucas on Twitter. Yeah, hot take hockey through all platforms. Hit us up with some questions or some takes. We might include in the next pod and just, yeah, hit us up on social media. We will be back. Episode 35 coming, up, coming in hot. We'll, uh, it'll probably be good timing to maybe preview a couple of game sevens, Lucas. Uh, so, do some game sevens and then eventually previewing, previewing round twos. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much from Lucas, myself, John. Episode 34 of the Hot Take Hockey Podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.